the other stuff we do, personal growth, spiritual growth, it can only go so deep until we work with this. When we work with our mother wound, with the trauma with our mothers, that's really the limit. We can't go any deeper than where that trauma still resides. So when we work on it, we open everything up and everything becomes possible. Welcome to On Her Terms, a podcast that helps women nurture their unique personal power and channel it into creating a life that is truly their own. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. In today's episode, I am talking to guest expert Bethany Webster, and we are diving deep into the topic of mother wound. Today's episode, I believe, is incredibly important for every listener that the show has. And the topic of mother wound is one that every woman should explore. Uh, If you have followed my journey on any of the platforms where I maintain a consistent presence, be it my Instagram page, my website, the podcast, or if you have maybe interacted one-on-one with me, you know that I consider the role and influence of a parent to be very very fundamental to our growth. And you would also know that my own mother plays a massively important role in my life. My love for my mother was what led to the work that I do, becoming a women's empowerment coach. Uh, and the, the sheer dedication, the emotional investment that I bring to my work, and especially uh, to the, the interactions that I have with each individual client that I take on, regardless of how exhausting it gets, All of that is down to my mother's influence and what I have seen my mother endure in her life, what I observed in our relationship, what she chose to accept in her life, the way she treated herself, how much she prioritized her own needs, which which honestly wasn't much at all. All of it impacted the woman I've become and the qualities in my character that I choose to prioritize. My perspectives, my way of thinking and looking at the world, a lot of it has been influenced by my relationship with my mother and her presence in my life. Uh, In fact, my uh, recovery from depression, what pushed me to seek help was the fear that I didn't want my mother to find out just how badly my life had unraveled, what I'd become at that point. I had hidden all of what I was going through from my mother, the state of my mind and my body, and And every destructive thing I was doing at the time to cope, which basically involved abusing medication, self-harm, and really whatever else I could find to, you know, to numb myself or just, you know, find some temporary relief. So I was so afraid that someday she would find out what was going on and I would see shame and, and disgust in her eyes for me that it made me very desperate to find help and fix everything. So when finally I hit, really hit rock bottom in a way that was impossible to ignore, I I sought help. And the the reason that I stuck to it, the reason that I maintained my progress was because I wanted to be the daughter that that I believe my mother deserved. I wanted to be better, healthier for her. And part of that recovery was also healing my relationship with my mother. We had a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of differences in our relationship at the time. As I was going through therapy, we finally started talking really openly. Uh, I learned to see things from her perspective. And I was also learning to communicate without breaking down or getting angry. And so we were able to heal the misunderstandings, the differences that had been there for years. And it was healing all of that pain that really helped me recover from depression and every good thing that has followed since. My relationship with my mother, it's a 
huge part of the good in my life. I would say that all of that is uh, the reason why the topic of mother wound is so so important to me. Why I want everyone in the world, especially women, to if not have a loving relationship with their mothers, to at least make peace with what they do share. Because as I said, our relationship with our parents, our primary caretakers, how they treated us, what they showed us through their behavior and beliefs and how they showed up in the world is very fundamental to who we become as an adult. So I really hope this episode helps you. And I was very glad to have my guest, Bethany Webster, agree to come on to the show. Her depth of knowledge on the subject is amazing. And I got to learn so much from this interaction and I'm hoping that it will help you as well. I will also be continuing this conversation with Bethany on Instagram. So if you love today's conversation, I hope you will join us over on Instagram as well. We will be conducting an IG live wherein I will take on a few more questions that would add to what Bethany will share in this episode. Now, in case you are not already familiar with today's guest, Bethany Webster is a writer, international speaker and transformational coach. She started blogging in 2013 about the mother wound and quickly experienced worldwide demand for her work. Through blending research on intergenerational trauma, feminist theory, and psychology with her own personal story, Bethany has created content that has resonated with millions of women, myself included, of course. Uh, Bethany's work is the result of decades of research and her own journey of healing. She speaks consults and mentors around the world, sharing her growing body of work that is raising the standard of women's leadership and personal development. Now, I hope you're ready to learn and create a lot of positive change in your life and relationships. If you are, let's dive in. Thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor to have you, Bethany. And I'm just so excited. And this is such a crucial topic. So let me just say thank you for doing the work that you've been doing because I'm someone who has a very intimate understanding of just how um, deep a mother's impact can be on their child. Um, I went through depression myself and I recovered mostly because my relationship with my mother improved. So I understand how crucial this work is. Thank you so much for creating all of this content, for being so dedicated to this subject. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's such an honor to be here today. And I appreciate you making the space on your podcast for this topic. It's, it's a real honor to be here. Absolutely. This podcast is, so de- is completely dedicated to women. And our relationship with our mothers are just so crucial to the person that we become as adults. So this podcast benefits by your presence. So thank you. <laughs> oh. Usually I have a list of uh, questions to dive in for my guests, but today I am just eager to learn about the subject of mother wound, inner uh, mother, and everything that comes with it, because we're going to like start uh, from scratch. I'm going to assume that the people listening to the podcast are not aware of the mother wound. They're not aware of how it impacts us. And we're going to take it from there. Sounds perfect. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just start by um, with you helping us understand what do you mean when you talk about the mother wound? Yeah. So I started using the term mother wound when I started a blog in 20, I think it was 2013. And it was basically a forum for me to talk about my own journey with the struggles I had had with my own mom. And before that, I really avoided the topic. 
I didn't really want to deal with my issues with my mom. I was honestly really scared to approach it. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time in therapy working on other stuff, but I started to realize that the dynamics with my mom, the things that were really difficult for me were actually kind of at the heart of all these other issues that I was trying to resolve. So um, I was initially resistant, but once I got into the work, I started to see, wow, this is really profound and no one's really talking about it. Um, I did, I remember looking around for like speakers and books and workshops and um, I wasn't really seeing anyone talk about the intersection between women's empowerment, like how can we be our best self and also struggles that we have with our mothers, which is still a very taboo topic. Yeah. Um, and also I was at the time really into spirituality too. And I really saw that all of them really linked. There was a link between our struggles with our mothers and our struggles to be truly actualized as women and our struggles to feel connected to the planet and to a higher power. So I wanted to find a way to blend these together. Um, so I kind of developed my own theory. And it was a lived experience at this point. When I started this blog, I had just gone through a hellish experience <laughs> with my own mother um, that I shook me to the very core of, um, gosh, all the things that I had assumed about life. Um, and, and a quick overview is that in my relationship with my mom, uh, I played the role of like her confidant, her best friend, her therapist. And, um, you know, she had a tough upbringing and kind of a tough marriage with my dad. So I kind of played that role of a confidant, a best friend. And I, I never really saw anything wrong with it because I didn't know it, there was anything different. Um, but I knew that I suffered from really low self-esteem and um, I discovered I had some anger at my mom because, you know, she would kind of make her problems my problems. And I, as I got older, I started to see, wow, this isn't really healthy. There's something off here. And um, so I attempted, I was I was, I think I was 27 at the time. I attempted to have a conversation with her after doing a lot of work in therapy, a lot of preparation to try to see if she and I could work together to kind of improve the conditions of the relationship, which was my dream. I was just like, I want her to know that this is the best of intentions. Like I want a deeper connection with her. Yeah. So with tons of preparation, I broached the conversation on the phone and it, it kind of went south. The long story short is she interpreted it my initiating a deeper conversation about our dynamic was very threatening. And she saw that as a lack of love, a kind of attack, uh, being ungrateful. Um, she saw me as like a stranger suddenly. Um, it was like all the work I had been doing in therapy to be empowered and have higher self-esteem and have boundaries and self-worth, which most mothers would be very proud of. You know, you'd think, but my mother hadn't done any like commensurate level of work with her herself. So I think she just wasn't able to comprehend or like appreciate that I was actually trying to make a deeper connection. Um, it was just really threatening to her. So what ended up happening is we ended up, you know, and this is where my, my work started to talk about patriarchy is that there's kind of a power over dynamic um, just by virtue of that we live in a patriarchy. So I started to see that this was happening in my relationship with my mother. Like there was this power over of like, I'm the parent, you're the child. This is what I did for my mother, which was suppress my truth. And that's what you're supposed to do now as my daughter. You know, that was kind of the message I was getting is 
get back into line of being the subservient, silent daughter. That's the role you have. That's what you've always been. And that's what I need you to be. And I just couldn't be that, you know? So it was this kind of impasse. And so I wanted to talk about what that was like for me to go through that and to also connect with other women. And so I started the blog and immediately there was like worldwide interest, which surprised me because initially I was afraid, like this topic is very threatening and triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. And, but it was really um, exciting to see women like, yeah, I want to talk about this. This is something I'm going through too. Um, And so I did a lot of workshops. I traveled around the world. I created a course uh, to really share this, this kind of theory that I developed and partly my own life experience and also partly a lot of teachings that developed around setting boundaries, um, setting boundaries with your mother and, and also how to be more sovereign, which I think is what we're going towards is like, how do we go from subservience as women to sovereign where we're more in touch with our truth? We're more capable of expressing it without shame, without guilt. Um, so I like to say my work is a combination of feminism and intergenerational healing and the mother wound itself to give you a definition. The way I define the mother wound is the internalized beliefs and patterns that arise from the original dynamic with our mothers. So it's really about how, how did we come to see ourselves the way that we do as a result of the dynamics with our mom? That's really what the personal mother wound is about. It's about how the messages of don't be too big, don't be too smart or too pretty or, you know, stay subservient, how that gets intersected with our needs for love, safety, and belonging, which come with our, that mother-daughter bond. Because those are the biggest, the most entrenched beliefs that we have. <laughs> Absolutely. It's almost like being in a vacuum with just this one person. And if that one person doesn't support you, doesn't push you forward, you have got nothing like you have no foundation then because with your parent, it's all like a child's relationship with their parent is completely different from our relationship from anyone else. And we are so willing to take on their definition and their perception of our character and prioritize that over our own perception of ourselves, which is life defining, which is defining, like it defines everything that follows. Because if your parent doesn't love you, how can anyone else love you? And if your parent couldn't make it in X, Y situation, how could you possibly make it? You say that there was a lot of, there's a lot of resistance around this topic, which I can see why that is true. Uh, my parents are pretty open-minded people. They are, they obviously like every parent, they want the best for me. But when I bring up things from my childhood and I would point out things that they did that weren't so okay, they get their back up. Like it's like, yeah stop talking about that. We did our best. We did our best. We did our best. And they feel like I'm attacking them, but I'm not. I'm just, I just want to talk about it. Right. So yeah, I can understand why there's so much resistance around it. But from the people who were finally joining in on the conversation, what was it that you noticed? Uh, like, were there any patterns that were standing out? What was, what was it that they were looking for? Because that's what I want to talk about. What, what brings you to the mother wound? What is it that like makes us gravitate towards this understanding? Because I know what brought me, what made me want to explore this topic, but anything else that you can share in that area? Yeah, absolutely. There's usually, I find like about three different routes that people take to get to this work. One of them is obviously 
tension with your mom, people who feel like no matter what I do with my mom, it doesn't solve it. No matter how understanding I am, no matter how compassionate and empathic, no matter how I explain it differently or try to help it, it like the, the situation feels impossible to solve. Um, so that's one way that people come to the mother wound is why do I have, why is this relationship so complicated and difficult? Yeah. And then also the shame. People feel a lot of shame about that because in most Western cultures and around the world globally, there's this prioritization of the parent, that the parents have the power and religion also plays into that. Um, so we get this conditioning that the parent's always right and that we are wrong. There must be something wrong with us to not have that natural loyalty or reverence. When as children, that's built into kind of our bio biology, there's an imperative to bond with the parent to get their approval. So it's not in our nature in a healthy situation to want distance or boundaries it, it seems it's, it's a red flag that there's something off, right? So when people feel that, that sense of stuckness, they really start to like want to look at that. Like, what is this mother wound? I think that's what I'm dealing with. So that's one route. The second route that people come to is feeling stuck in their lives. Like they might have really harmonious, loving relationship with their mom, but they might notice that, you know, I think some of the beliefs that I inherited from my mom are actually keeping me stuck on some level. So it might be like women who feel stuck in their job, like I'm afraid to go to the next level um, or I'm afraid to upgrade the next kind of relationship or I'm afraid to leave a relationship. And I think it has something to do with what's been modeled to me by my mom. Yeah. So there's like a sense, like there's a link between the difficulties I'm having in my life and what I've been taught from my mom. So people can sometimes feel that tension of like, how do I go beyond the patterns and the norms of my family that feel so comfortable and familiar, but at the same time, so confining and toxic even? Um, so that's a conundrum that a lot of women face. And then the third level, I think, is coming to terms as feminists or you know, people who are wanting full equality is realizing that there's this dilemma that we have as women we're, we're taught, but we feel inside of us, I want to be self-actualized. I want to have the best life possible. Um, I want to go for my dreams. But realizing that there's this patriarchal message that says, no matter what we do, it's not enough, whether it's being a mom or, um, you know, we kind of face it from all sides. You know, we don't, we don't feel good about our bodies or about our success in the world or, um, and so really coming up with, yeah, patriarchy, having a consciousness around what that is, how it's something that our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers have all struggled with. And it's, it's kind of an awakening that many women have like, oh yeah, this is a thing. This is real. And I don't want to be in complicit, you know, in cahoots with it anymore. I want to really, so there's almost a fiery kind of fierce energy around and I love this. It's very exciting. It's like a birth of a deeper integrity, you know, like that's the guiding principle rather than compliance with external patriarchal norms that promise some kind of happy ending if we just look perfect and have more money. And, you know, the, all that stuff is really a distraction from the deeper inner work we need to do to get to the really yummy treasures. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That was so beautiful. I have to say, like, I feel that 
all the time because I work with women. I, I work, I help empower them. This is like my, this is what I spend most of my time doing <laughs> every day, all day. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I really feel that when you have dysfunction at the base of it, I think it becomes this, like this, it, it becomes a very heavy thing. Like if I'm having like this conversation with you, uh, when I, I talk to women who are as liberated as I am, who are as like authentic, living living life on their own terms, it's a different energy. I walk away from those interviews, from those conversations, feeling amazing. Like this is, I own the world kind of feeling. It's so great. But when you talk to women who are struggling, who are dealing with a lot of repression on a daily basis, then the feeling is completely different because it triggers you. It, it reminds you of like the things that my mother has put up with uh, from other people, from extended family or whatever, from society or some friend who is going through a dysfunctional marriage and taking shit from people. It really triggers you, which really makes me wonder just how deeply the mother wound impacts us and how it shows up in the fights that we take on, in like the agendas we invest ourselves in, because there has to be a connection. It can't be totally Yeah, it's all connected. And I think there's multiple layers to it. Multiple layers. It's a very complex issue. And it it goes to the very fabric and and the real root of how we see ourselves. And I think that's what's really exciting about the mother wound work is we're not just dealing with like some surface one issue that's compartmentalized into one part of our life. It's, it's the blueprint of self. Yeah. It's how we see ourselves. It's the lens through which we see the world. And when I work with women, it's so amazing to witness them transform, um, you know, the way they are in the world, how they show up, how they see themselves, how they interact with other people, um, and how their consciousness about the larger picture expands as well. So I agree with you. I think you have to do this work, like in my opinion, after all the years of doing this myself and then working with clients and students, this is the work that's really required to really deeply transform yourself. And I know this from process of elimination. I used to be very much a spiritual bypasser and I would like take, oh, you know, read all the books, go to the retreats. Um, And I was trying to bypass the deeper, harder work for a long time. I was like, if I just become spiritual enough, I won't have to look at any of this. Like, I'm just going to become so evolved that I don't have to look at my trauma. Right. Um, But what I realized (laughs) was, (laughs) yeah, totally. Right. But I realized like, no matter what, this was always there waiting for me. And it's like the other stuff we do, personal growth, spiritual growth, it can only go so deep until we work with this. When we work with our mother wound, with the trauma with our mothers, that's really the limit. We can't go any deeper than where that trauma still resides. So when we work on it, we open everything up and everything becomes possible. But many people don't have the the willingness, the fortitude, the capacity, the psychological sophistication. I mean, this is not a walk in the park. It's a long-term, in-depth, requires a lot of courage, requires a lot of support. So it's it's not a walk in the park. So it's I like to prepare people and be really honest with people about, you know, what this journey is about. But also on the other side, part of the the exciting part is that you get to go at your own unique pace. You know, you don't have to you know, be healed yesterday, which is kind of like the capitalist um, type of message is like, we need to be these airbrushed perfection, all healed and perfect. No, this is like where we go deep. We go into our shadow and the messy parts and our vulnerability. And, but that's where the real riches are. 
Yeah, I don't think even perfection is even possible. I mean, you're dealing with human beings, you're not dealing with machines. So exactly. I love what you shared because this is something I feel is very vital, especially women who work with other women. You need to do the work. You need to make sure that all of these emotions that are driving you are coming from a place of power and not from a place that, you know, hides all of those nightmarish experiences that you simply don't want to deal with. Because I think that could be very toxic, not just to the person that you are involved with, but your own self, because it's just going to keep reinforcing certain experiences. And it's going to impact the advice you give. Because like, I always love to, uh, like, if someone brings up issues with their mother, I'm so, I get so involved into it. Like, I really want them to be as, um, like, my mom and I were best friends. I want that for everyone. But that's not always possible. And if you keep fixating on that, you're just going to, like, rip open a wound. And you're just going to tell this person by holding up your own example of what you have and remind them of everything they don't have. And they probably maybe can't have, like you said, it's, it's, it's a, such deep work. This is not easy work to do. This is not something that can be dealt with a blog post or a podcast episode. This is just, we can just give you like a little bit of information, but the real work begins when you absorb that information and you, and you see like the path that you have to walk. And it's such a long path and such a convoluted one. So yeah, thank you so much for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to clarify one thing. Yes. When we talk about mother wound, are we talking about like how we were treated by our mother? Is that part of it? Or is this more about how we saw our mother showing up in the world and watch the beliefs that she passed on to us? Which one of those two dominates this dynamic? It's all of it because it's related. The way that our moms saw themselves, um, whatever traumas, unresolved stuff she brought into the relationship with you impacts the lens through which she sees you and the beliefs and the patterns that you absorb and internalize from interacting with her. Um, So, you know, as children, we just are like sponges. We just absorb whatever it happens. And we want to preserve our connection with our mothers at all costs. And so it's all about survival, you know, through childhood. And so survival often means adapting to negative beliefs, really painful patterns. And I I was just working with a client yesterday and, you know, I was thinking about, you know, and this is a pattern I have with women sometimes where they start working and they're like, I feel, I realized something really was off with my dynamic with my mom. Like it wasn't okay. Things happened that weren't right, but I can't help but feeling guilt for acknowledging that. Like I must be bad for like, even like she had such a hard life. Like how dare I even contemplate feeling angry or whatever. So women usually start out. That's something like an early feeling in the exploration process is like, I know something's wrong. I want to address it, but I have this crippling guilt about it. Um, And over time, what I invite women to do is to start to um, take in the fact that yes, their mom had, I mean, legitimate suffering or experiences of her own. And that's true. And your mom probably tried her very best, you know, as limited and, and, you know, as it was, she, she only could give you what she could. Um, But that's not the whole story. I think people stop there and they say, well, that I shouldn't even think about myself because my mom did her best and she suffered. Right. But that is a trap because it, it leaves you kind of in a cycle of guilt because, and you can't 
feel your full woman power. You're still in like a child consciousness of like, mom's always right. I can't threaten mommy. And so what I try to bring to the second piece is, yes, your mom suffered and may have tried her best, but, and there's a big and here, which is that your feelings matter too. You may have suffered as well and your feelings are equally important and valid and justified right? So it's kind of like bringing mother and daughter rather than elevating mother over daughter and making us subservient and like not good enough down here. It's like we bring the two together and we say, yes, both mother and daughter's experiences are valid and and inherently worthy of respect, right? Um, And that can be a game changer for people because I know a lot of women, uh, especially in the codependent relationships with their mothers, there's this feeling like, like the priority is the mother, And so the big shift that usually happens is when women start to realize, I have to prioritize myself. I I actually am only responsible for me. I can't make my mother happy. I can't take care of her. I can't heal her. I can't fix her issues. I am only responsible for myself. And that's a really powerful turning point is to realize that it's literally impossible to make your mother happy. And and it's, it's not your responsibility. It never was. So there can be some grief around that Um, and coming to terms of like, okay, what's healthy relationship? What's a healthy boundary? What does that look like? So then there's the practice period of like, what, how do you want to show up more authentically in your relationship with your mother so that you can honor yourself as well as her? So it's almost like living into that paradigm of both mother and daughter's feelings matter is like, how can I show up that way where I'm actually an equal um, in this relationship? And then the other thing I would mention that's a powerful milestone is learning to have compassion for the little girl that you were when you were little. A lot of, um, a lot of people say, well, I dismiss it. I suffered, but they dismiss it. Like it's in the past and it's over and I don't have to think about it anymore. But honestly, when we can get to a place where we can feel the truth of the pain that we went through as little girls, that's the beginning of the rest of your life. That's when the axis shifts. And you can start to actually feel your worth and feel your goodness that is separate from your mother's stuff, right? You can start to feel yourself as an individual. And that's a very empowering thing. And I feel deeply privileged to witness that turning point in many women's lives because it's uh, it's a breaking of a cycle that may have gone on for many, many, many generations. Absolutely. That's, that's incredible. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying the episode. I'm taking a quick break here to remind you to subscribe to On Her Terms. Subscribing means that you get the latest episode without fail delivered to you every week. And it helps me reach a wider audience. If you haven't already, please pick up your phone and subscribe now. Let me know that you appreciate the content I'm sharing. Thanks in advance. Do you think we can do all of this work even like just by ourselves? Like if our mother isn't willing to have those conversations that come like you have just had this therapy session that woke you up to all of these feelings and emotions and you want to talk about like you said like you mentioned you wanted to do the work with your mother but she couldn't show up the way you wanted her to show up do you think we can still do the work we can still find the healing that we need even if our mothers are not willing to be a part of that recovery process Absolutely, you can. You absolutely don't need your mother to be on the path with you. You can heal on your own. And at the beginning, we don't really know which way it's going to go. You know, like for example, in my situation, I wanted to include her. I wanted it to be like a healing partnership. Yeah. 
but it ended up that she, we actually ended up going no contact because she saw my growth as such a betrayal. Um, and there was no way it was gonna, it's like we were speaking at two different languages. Um, so, um, for, but I didn't know that at the outset. So I'd say it's kind of 50, 50, some half the women that I see, you know, they can find a new groove with their mom. They can find a new kind of solid baseline of harmony (laughs) that is more conducive to them being an individual as a woman in a relationship. Sometimes the relationship might get a little more superficial. You know, it's like, uh, we can't as daughters just create a relationship with our mothers by ourselves. Of course. The mother also has to be willing to be vulnerable, to learn, being willing to grow, being willing to be accountable and responsible. If your mom isn't willing to do any of that, that's a, that's a painful thing to realize, but it's actually a really, you know, facts are always empowering. It's scary to test the waters and, but as you discover what's really there, you can start to actually create powerful change. So, you know, and sometimes there's a period in the, the middle of like, maybe I take a little distance for my mom and that's helpful because I get to get more in touch with my own feelings. So everybody's path is different and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just a matter of kind of getting on the path. Yeah. No, that really helps. Um, because I think with even mothers, when they're suddenly their daughter turns around and tells them, well, you know what? You fucked me up. You have <laughs> screwed up so many things. Let's build a new relationship. That has got to be hard to hear, you know, because I think most mothers, well, I don't know if I'm qualified to make a statement like that, but mothers do try to do their best unless a mother is outright abusive. That's, I, of course, a different situation. But most mothers do their best so for them to confront this idea when their daughter is like 21 or 25 or 30 or whatever and suddenly realize that, no, in fact, they yeah, they may have done their best, but their best has fallen way short. That has to really... I, I can't even imagine what that must be like for a mother who genuinely cares. Well, I think for mothers who do care you know, the ones who really care and have the the actual, like, I think it comes down to capacity. And the moms I work with now who are moms to younger children are very conscientious, like wanting to, like, I got a mother wound. I got a big one. I don't want to pass it along. So what can I do to not pass it on to my kids? And I always say to, to women in that predicament with that question, working on your own mother wound is the best thing you can do for your kids. Yeah. And I think parents of older generations um, they didn't live by that. You know, it was more like I'm the parent, so I'm right. And it really is hard to be a parent, but I don't, there wasn't any awareness of like being trauma informed or conscious parenting, or there was no consciousness around that. So I think for those parents, it's a really big wake up call. It might feel very like a rude awakening, like, Whoa, what are you talking about? And I also think that that's an opportunity for that parent to look inside and be like, wow, wait a second. Um, the ones, the parents that I find are the most resistant are the ones that have the most work to do about their own history. So whatever history, whatever like trauma or unresolved stuff from our childhood is still inside of us, we will automatically unconsciously project that onto our other, onto our own families and friends. You know, it's just part of the human condition. We can't help it. So the more we can become conscious of it, the more we like lift that burden from the people we love. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about that at all. Like no one heals 100%. It's just about being on the path. You know, it's about being on the path and and doing your part to heal whatever suffering you've inherited. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I also like, I don't know if there's any right answer to this question or not, but um, I still want to ask this question anyways. Like a lot of people believe that when you are in a toxic relationship, the answer is to just not be a part of it anymore. Just push that person out. In fact, a few days ago, I saw this IG, uh, like this reel on Instagram that talked about why like people are being forced to love their parents, regardless of their circumstances. That's not necessary. If your parent is like a shitty parent, you, you get to walk away, you get to leave. Is that ever the answer? Because I really wonder, your parents are not just like some random person in your life. They are these primary caregivers that define everything that follows. But is that ever the answer, like completely shutting them out and just forgetting or at least trying to forget everything that was done to you? Is that ever the answer? Because if it's too triggering, what do we do? Yeah, I think there are situations where self-protection is number one and we have to. If our parent is abusing us, harming us, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and it happens. Like, you know, I know we don't like to think about parents intentionally harming their, you know, I don't think a lot of them intentionally do, but they do. And they just don't realize it. And they're resistant to being accountable. Um, and they're not capable of getting feedback. So I think there are times when, and I don't think it matters if it's parents or not, you know, it's like, in my experience, the people that need to go no contact with their parents have done everything under the sun. I've never met a person who will just flippantly shut down their parents for no, for like, you know, just for the fun of it, or just being like, immature. I mean, I'm sure that happens, but not to the people that I work with. It's usually the, a long, 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 long journey of trying to trying everything to create the connection. And the parent is the one, it's not the child. It's the parent that's like, well, it's my way or the highway, or there's a lot of manipulation maybe, or some real disrespect on the parent to the child. And so in those situations, I think, yes, those do exist. Um, but I think it's also worth, like some people say, well, I don't want to go no contact. And I'm like, well, you don't have to, you can figure it out. If you're not in that kind of severe type of situation, I think it's very empowering to try to engage with your parent. Like, for example, in my experience, I engaged and re-engaged, but I, every time I did it, I learned so much. Like I, I showed up with integrity. I was respectful and it gave me a chance to articulate some deep truths, like my truth, declare it. And that's a gift to myself, you know, and if my mom or dad can hear it or not, that's kind of really their work to do. So I think the path of what kind of relationship can I have with my mother is a very rich and juicy path. We, you know, to explore and to start to show up in that relationship in new ways that honors them and you. And if your parent can't meet you on that equally respectful place, then you know, then, then, then that's really good information for you about your next step. And we can only just kind of follow the breadcrumb trail. You know, we can't know ahead of time how things are going to you know, end up, but having that intention to show up with integrity, with respect, but really expressing your deepest truth is really powerful. Yeah. I love that. I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> it does. It it definitely answers this question because as you said, this is this is none of this that we're, we've talked about is easy. Like by any stretch of the imagination, it is not easy. I mean, some of us are lucky. Like I was, I had a mother who was willing to do the work with me yeah, as I started yeah. talking. She was willing to like really listen. But not everyone is as as lucky as that. But I do believe that this is work that 
that has to be done. This is not one of those things that you can just bury under the carpet and walk away. I, I honestly, I am always of the mindset that let's like there, everything is possible in the world. Everything needs to be considered. But so far as this, uh, your relationship with your parent is concerned, I really do believe that this has to be dealt with in some capacity or and to some extent, at least for you to have like a great life. You could have a good life, but maybe it can be better if you do this work. Because how can it not impact you? How can it not affect you, how your parents treated you or how your parents, the kind of behavior they modeled, if that's out of alignment with the kind of life you want, maybe that is the reason why you are not quite where you want to be. Right. Because all this lives inside of us. All of this lives inside of our cells and our bones. It's like very unconsciously we live it. Absolutely. So it's, it's a grand adventure. That's how I invite people to think about it. Like not is this heavy, oh no, I'm going to have to feel all these yucky feelings. And I know it can seem kind of, oh, just a little bit like people can feel apprehensive. Like what's going to come up? Like I can't predict. So it feels a little dangerous, but I invite people to remember that you don't have to feel any, you know, you get to go at your own pace. You're in control and you get to get support. And this is like a grand adventure where, you know, this is only going to lead to better things for you to do this deeper work, you know? So I agree with you hundred percent. That's an, that's really a great uh, way to look at it. It's an adventure. That's awesome. <laughs> and you go into it with as much curiosity as you can muster. That's great. Yes. Curiosity. Definitely. Yeah. And I just want to like reiterate what you said, always validating your own feelings, doing your own work and then inviting your parent to join in and then just letting them decide how they want to take it from there. If it's not what you need, it's not what works for you, then you do the work that you can and take it one step at a time. I think it's really helpful. Totally. I think There's also this understanding, like if you're, as you said, mother wound isn't just about how we were treated. It's also about how we saw our parents behaving, the kind of beliefs that they passed on to us. So I think it is, it takes a lot for us to question those beliefs as we are growing up, uh, unless we go into like new territories, meet new people and completely, at least to some extent, remove ourselves from that familiar environment, like studying abroad or getting a job somewhere else or marrying you into like a completely different families, you never really get the opportunity to question those beliefs, to actually think that, you know what, my awesome mom said X, Y thing, and she's great, and she loves me and everything. But you know what, maybe she was wrong. Maybe this is not how the world works. For that to happen, a lot of things have to align. And sometimes they don't for certain people. So is there like any way we can recognize that we're carrying beliefs, we're carrying baggage that isn't quite our own, And that is, in fact, very out of alignment with the kind of life we want, with the kind of person we want to be. Yeah, great question. I love this question because it's it's like a key into a lock of a door, you know? (laughs) There's a couple different ways you can like start to to see, ooh, what am I carrying that's not mine? Where am I living out values that aren't really what I want to live out? Um, So one of the ways that I like to recommend is And this is something I offer in my course. I ask women to think about what are the main, what were their mother's beliefs in in different areas of life? Like how did your mother handle sexuality? How did your, what were her beliefs about men or about women? What were your mother's beliefs about money and her own body? Just sitting down and reflecting on, yeah, how did, as my mom is a woman, what did she, what beliefs was she embodying for me during my early development? And just reflect on that 
You know, it's, it's a really powerful exercise. I call it like a mother inventory. And it's not really about our mothers. Honestly, in the end, ultimately, none of this is about our mothers, actually. It's about us as women stepping into our power, stepping into our true individuality, our true essence, our true authentic self, right? So our mothers, you know, doing the reflection work about our mothers and what we went through with her, it's really a doorway into knowing more of ourselves. It's like self-knowledge. So when we do this mother inventory, it's not about picking our mothers apart. It's not about blaming them. It's not about making them wrong or anything like that. It's just taking an honest look like at what, what were you surrounded with? Almost like furniture in your house. What were you surrounded with? The beliefs were as important as the furniture you were surrounded with, if not more. They were impacting your very uh, development. So that's the mother inventory. You can get a lot of like insight out of just thinking about it. It might not have been what your mother said. Like your mother might not have said overtly, oh, I, I hate men or I'm really scared about my body. You know, she might not have said anything, but it's more about what did her choices tell you? Yeah. What did her decisions tell you? her actions, they were all communicating a message to you about what's okay, what's not okay, what's scary, what's not. So um, I invite everybody listening, if you're kind of interested in this work, it's a great way to kind of look into it. Another way to start to see what you're carrying. I mean, and again, the, the inventory, you can start to say, hey, you know what? I actually do that. You know, people have insights like, yeah, you know, I remember seeing my mom struggle with her weight and I realize I'm doing that too. You know, there might be things you realize you've taken on. Another way that you can look and see if, if you might be carrying something that's not yours is to just look at your own life and see, you know, where am I struggling the most? You know, where are the places in my life that I kind of cycle through similar problems? Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you find yourself attracted to the same type of person that, you know, same kind of relationship. Maybe it's a career. Maybe you're somebody who like right. is somebody who like accrues all these degrees, but is doesn't want to commit or something. You know, it could be anything. So once you identify what's you know my biggest kind of area of stuckness, if you want to call it that, and then like take a few steps back and be like, what are the beliefs that are operating there? What are my fears? Oftentimes, what's happening is the inner child inside of us is putting the brakes on something because it doesn't feel safe based upon the algorithms we learn from our parents. So it's like we have safety algorithms. It's like, it's not safe to be X, Y, Z. So I'm going to self-sabotage so that I can feel more connected and safe. You know, so the things that we've equated with safety might've been actually quite unhealthy. So when we become adults, we can start to see those safety algorithms in action and wherever we feel tension or dissonance, those it's like almost like tuning an instrument. We have to, we have to see, okay, something's out of tune here. Let's see where did this uh, misattunement begin? And we can look back at our, our childhood and say, oh, it's right there. I learned I should never surpass my mother. Or I, I remember feeling my father's resentment towards wealthy people. I, it's not okay for me to be wealthy. Oh, right. Like I remember there was a time... This is actually not about mother, it's about father, but there was one time I I think in my first business, I had like a, a successful month and I started feeling tension about that. Like why, what's going on? And I remember one morning I just woke up and I felt all this sadness about, you know, my dad and money and watching my dad struggle with money. And I just needed to release some grief about that. Like that I witnessed a lot of his pain, but I don't need to carry it into my own life as though it's my own. 
So in, instead of like having subconscious tension or self-sabotage around money, I actually was able to just stop and like be like, okay, I'm figuring out this is what it is and just allow myself to grieve yeah. for him and for the yeah. situation. And then that kind of freed me up more to more embrace more financial possibilities. Yeah. I think these are exercises that we should do anyways, even if we don't like there's no tension in our relationships. I think this could, yeah. this, this would bring up so many interesting things. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. It's fun to get together with friends even and like discuss together. Cause I think one of the things that people struggle with, with a mother wound is feeling alone. Like I'm the only one that's dealing with this. It feels so heavy. So we can talk with other women. Um, it makes it more normalized. It makes it more safe. Yeah. No, absolutely. This this one is so interesting, especially I think people who are about to raise kids. I think those are the people who really need to get in touch with everything that's hiding within and bring that out and like do the self-work. I mean, self-work is never really done. You can, there's no finish line, but I think it would be, and it would also help you not pass on those beliefs. As you said, this carries on for generations and generations. If we can do something to stop that cycle, I think we should do it. It would be empowering for us. And like, it just, it's the healthier thing to do. I just think. Yeah. I think normalizing inner work, you know, normalizing a life where one is examining oneself. That's my dream. You know, I would love to see maybe in the future generations, the kind of work we're talking about. Absolutely. I spend hours a day working on myself and <laughs> made a career out of it. But it's it's such a joy. And I think so many people don't, even like I'm thinking even of people in my family or whatever, it was just, it wasn't normalized. It wasn't modeled. But I think, wow, what transformation would be possible the more that young people and parents and communities even have like a reflective approach that's not about blame. It's not about like, oh, this person is wrong. And ah, it's more like we all you just each have a responsibility. We're all human. We all pass on pain. Yeah. It's it's just the human condition. How can we just reduce that and and see it as an adventure? Like, wow, I'm learning about myself. Um, I think, you know, investing in ourselves, whether it's time, money, in terms of more self-awareness, is our best investment because it pays off everywhere. It pays off in the quality of our relationships, the kind of opportunities that come our way, our health benefits amazingly. So yeah, this has been the center of my life. And I, I, I want to also be visible in modeling that for other people too, that this is the best. This is awesome <laughs> to live this way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We should make it part of school curriculum. I really believe oh, that. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. I think then it's, it's built into your um, psychology. It's built into your totally. mindset and you are never not doing can you imagine like a world where we are before we start assign blame where we stop and we wonder, okay, what did I do wrong? Did I play my role incorrectly? Can I do something to grow and like be show up better tomorrow? What a world we would live in. Like at least violent crimes wouldn't happen as much. Oh man. <laughs> and also self-compassion too. teaching like self-compassion, like that we get to be human. We get to make mistakes. We get to be, on a learning, growing path. And there's no shame in, in making mistakes. There's no shame in, you know, it's all about growth. I, I think it will happen. I think it just, I mean, I'm hopeful. <laughs> me, <laughs> too, me too. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to know how women can begin this work. 
Like if they are beginning to wake up to this idea that they have a mother wound and they want to resolve it, they want to heal it as best as they can, how can they begin this work? And and I lost my second question <laughs> after this one. Okay. Yeah. How to get started. I would say work with the, the um, exercises I gave in this episode. So things like looking at your mother inventory, what are those beliefs? How are they impacting you? What are the areas of stuckness in your life that keep showing up and and seeing how is that relate to your inner child? Maybe she's trying to keep you safe by, you know, closing some things down. So just do some inquiry on that. I also would invite women to go to my website. I have like dozens of articles, um, book recommendations. Um, so there's a ton of resources on my website. It's bethanywebster.com. Um, and then I would recommend getting my book. I have a book that's all an introduction. So it, it kind of gives you a really solid introduction to the work. It's called Discovering the Inner Mother. Um, that book is available anywhere online. It's also available in several different languages. And then um, if you look around for support, maybe like a really good therapist, or if you have a women's circle, you know, get involved in some kind of community inner that that's connected with inner work. Because I think we do need we can't do it alone. Uh, we need some kind of support. So I'd say communities, good friends who you trust, you know, surround yourself with books and podcasts and things that keep your energy high. That's another just general recommendation is the path is difficult, but you want to set yourself up for success by keeping it like that energy of adventure and curiosity and fun. So bringing that energy to it as well can, um, and then another thing I would suggest is also implementing self-care into your life. Like what helps you feel mothered? What helps you feel comforted, supported? Um, and what do you need? Um, I talk about this in my course, a mother gap, right? We all have a mother gap. What did we not get enough mothering? Yeah. That's a very powerful place to start to care for yourself. Um, so maybe that's things like allowing yourself to not work like a workhorse 24-7. Maybe you're an overworker to start to relax more, to have more play, to have more slowness. Like how can you really nurture yourself? Because when we feel really nurtured and safe, then all kinds of possibilities become available for us. We can't really be creative. We can't really be our full selves if we're depleted and, you know, feeling like crap all the time. So how can we build self-compassion and self-love into our day? That's really helpful. And I'm going to make sure to share all of the links in the episode descriptions. If anyone's looking for them, they'll be there. And any advice you want to give to women who are raising daughters? Anything yeah, I've heard out? lots of moms. Yeah. And one of the themes that I've seen is that when a mom doesn't, well, it's your kids will trigger you. You know, your kids are going to trigger you. They're going to show you the places that where you need love where your inner child needs love. And sometimes what happens is the inner child of the mother feels in competition with the actual child. And there's this energy of scarcity. There's like attention. Um, so it's like the inner child is trying to get the attention of the adult woman. Right. Her inner child is trying to get her attention. And so is her actual child. And this can cause even more overwhelm and just exhaustion and depletion. What I've seen is that as moms start to really nurture the little girl inside, giving the inner child lots of compassion and love and support, that that tension dissolves and the mom actually has more energy in her own self and more emotional availability for her own child. So it's like 
but it's, it can be difficult in the beginning because for moms who are already stressed and overwhelmed, it seems like one more thing on their to-do list to take care of themselves. And what I invite women to do is start to actually put that, start to reframe that that you are the number one priority of your life. And so fill, fill yourself first, always. Even when outside people might say, oh, you're selfish or you're inconvenient. It's, it just makes everything else better. And as the inner child feels more loved, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be less tense with your kids, less snapping with them. So yeah, it's, it's really about, and it's such a radical revolutionary thing for a mom to do. I mean, we live in a culture where moms are just given so little and so little respect and so little support. So it's like a real powerful act of sovereignty for moms to be like, I'm gonna prioritize my inner work and I'm gonna show up for myself and everybody else is gonna get that overflow. Um, so it's not an easy thing I'm telling, I'm inviting you to do, <laughs> but I think just taking even one step, like a small tiny step might be, how, what do I really need right now? Like asking yourself that question multiple times a day. What do I really need right now? And then actively giving that self that to yourself. Sometimes it might seem like the answer might be unexpected or unconventional, but I, what I see when women have a passion and it really changes the game is when they get really passionate and fierce about loving and protecting themselves. There's a turning point where it's like, I'm waiting for everybody to take care of me. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. But then there's a turning point where they realize I'm the one. I have to, I have to turn this around. And then there's like a fierceness. So they set more boundaries. They speak their truth. They stand their ground. Um, and they feel more alive and more, more sovereign. And I think that's, um, wow, that's a really incredible kind of path. So I hope what I've, <laughs> some of what I've shared has been helpful. But I have so much respect for moms, like deep respect. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. I agree. And this was such an important piece of advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, now, before I let you go, I uh, the question that I ask all strong women um, who, who come to the show um, is when you're feeling down and out, you're feeling completely out of confidence, care to share what it is that you do? How do you find inspiration? Yeah, the thing that works for me, actually two things, if I'm feeling low, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling tired, cranky, what I, I like to do one of two things. One is take a day off and just be in bed all day. Perfect. <laughs> so just read books, watch movies, almost like a, it's almost like a reset. I just need to disconnect from the world and, and give myself lots of nurturing. So it might be just like good food and resting. And, and one day, like a solid full day is usually enough to put me in a really great space where I feel rested. I feel more inspired. Another thing I like to do is I like to go into nature. Um, so whether it's a walk in the woods or sometimes I'll drive, like last weekend I took a drive. Um, it was like a two and a half hour drive. It was awesome though, but I went and sat by the ocean. I wasn't even there that long. I was there for like two hours, but I felt so refreshed. I felt so completely like, a, you know, everything had been recalibrated. So I think nature is another great place to, to kind of just reset. And then I can hear myself. I can feel my, my true self again in, an, in a new way. And um, that feels fortifying. So those are the things that work for me. Awesome. That's it for today's episode. So did you love it or did you love it? Thank you for joining me today and sharing your time. If you're eager for more, head on over to onherterms.com for show notes, guest information, downloads, and more. 
And if you want to be a part of the conversation, ask questions and share your struggles with other powerful women, join my intimate community over on Facebook. The link will be in the episode description. Until next week, this has been another episode of On Her Terms podcast.